Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are filing in as we begin Wednesday afternoon show, which if you are accustomed to our podcast, you know that in the season, Wednesday is our game preview against the Bucks' next opponent. And this is always a special one when it is the fiercest rivalry in the NFC South and a lot on the line as the Bucs can clinch the division when they play against the New Orleans Saints. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing as we get closer to not just the new year, but a new era of the Bucs potentially winning the division? Um, I'm doing good. But not as good as Yaya Diaby or Anton Winfield Jr. Both of those guys, I think, really, really should be in line for some postseason awards. Obviously, with Winfield, as I wrote about in the Bucks mailbag today, I feel like he should be the defensive player of the year in the NFL. That would be the fourth Buccaneer to win such a distinction, joining Leroy Selman in 1979, Warren Sapp in 1999, and Derek Brooks in 2002. I just, you know, maybe it's the fact that I cover this team. We cover this team, Matt. We're close to it. But you look at the stat line. He's done everything but score a touchdown. And there's two more games to go. And uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., he's had some success against the Saints. Just go back to that game in week four where he had a, a masterful performance with the sack, a forced fumble, fumble recovery that led to a touchdown. And, uh, and then – yeah, yeah, Diaby. Matt, you wrote about him today, right? Uh, our cover guide today on the preview show uh, against the Saints. Just a, a masterful performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, really just uh, the sack, the forced fumble, the fumble recovery. He split a sack with Devin White. Um, just a, a fantastic rookie season. He had a great story on PeterReport.com. I'm going to drop it in the chat here. Make sure you read it. But you know, six and a half sacks. This guy wasn't even a starter. We talked about it yesterday, Matt. Yeah. Where would this guy be statistically if Todd Bowles had listened to us and started him earlier in the season over Joe Tryon-Shoenka? Yeah, the first 10 games of the year, Yaya Diaby was essentially a fourth stringer uh, right. an outside linebacker. He was behind Shaq and JTS, obviously, and, uh, and Anthony Nelson. So he was getting playing time. It was around... It was anywhere from like 33% to about 41%. So he definitely saw the field, but not as much compared to when he yeah. became the starter in week 11, where he was seeing at least 50% of the snaps, got all the way up to, I believe, like 61 or 65% yeah. of the snaps. So you would have to think, even let's just say, for argument's sake, that they started Yaya instead of after 10 games, after five games. Right. You got to think he at least has maybe two more sacks. Yeah. So that would put him at um that would put him at eight and a half uh, on the season and fully leading all um outside linebackers. Right. And the thing that I, I tried to highlight the most in this article uh, about Yaya is is not that he is he deserving because he absolutely is deserving. Right. And that's not just us covering the Bucks saying that. I mean Peter yeah. Schrager was all over Good Morning Football this week That's talking right. about it as well. And he really wants a Yaya Diaby jersey, which great football name. I think it's a cool number. It's a very badass number when a it guy is. is attacking the quarterback all the time. Uh, Agent Zero. Or Agent Zero, yeah. 
But what's really frustrating is Yaya's not even in the conversation. I mean, if you look at a number of different uh, betting websites and, and, and different publications that cover these things, he's not even in the top 10. Kalijah Kansi at least has odds. They're astronomical odds. Right. They're like plus 20,000. But part of me wonders, is it because – Yaya is like a third round pick versus a lot of the guys on this list, you know, Jalen Carter, a top 10 pick. Yeah. The only one that doesn't make sense is, is Ivan Pace. Cause I believe he went right. undrafted when he went to Minnesota. I remember talking to him um, at the combine and it was a good conversation with them, but a lot of these guys are all first round picks or whatever the case may be. And it just kind of boggles my mind that he's not even in the conversation because you could apply this to what has hurt, Levante David in the past in terms of pro, right. all pros of, oh, the Bucks stink. They never get attention and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And to a degree, that's very much true. That's right. But, I mean, damn it, the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2020, and they've had a lot of success since that time. And they are completely overthrowing the benefit of the doubt or just the doubt that people had in this team that, oh, they're right. whatever. They are proving a lot of people wrong, and you would think people would say, hey, wow, look at Tampa Bay. Look at what they're doing. How's the team led by? Oh, Baker Mayfield, that's awesome. And wow, they got this core group on on defense, these two rookies that are absolutely fading out there, and there's been nothing to it. And again, this isn't to discredit Jalen Carter or Joey Porter Jr. or – uh, Weatherspoon in, in Seattle because they they're they're all building their own case and right no now, doubt I'm just saying put Yaya in that same conversation like if this was a Heisman voting at least get Yaya to New York City so he can sit in the front That's row right. and there could be a fun <laughs> little feature story on him yeah but he's uh, not even getting talked about which I think is the most frustrating part of it all no I, I'm with you Matt I think I think you make some exceptional points I, I will say this have the funny feeling that if the Buccaneers clinch the division with the win on Sunday against the Saints, and that's what we're talking about, Bucks and Saints today. Yeah. Then you're going to see all of a sudden Tampa Bay is going to become the national media darling here at the yeah. end of the season because a five-game winning streak in December cannot be ignored. And I think the Buccaneers are going to get their just due and maybe just due in time for guys like Yaya Diaby and, and Anton Winfield Jr. to win some of these awards. Because uh, it's better to peak late than peak early, not just for the playoffs, but some of these these um, you know awards where recency bias. Um, you know, just look at college football. Georgia is the na- you know the national champion two years running. They they go undefeated in the regular season. They lose narrowly uh, to Alabama, and all of a sudden they're not even in the playoffs. Right, so it's yeah. like if if you're gonna if you're going to lose, do it early in the season so you can kind of climb that mountain again. Kind of the same way, I think, with some recency bias with some of these awards and Pro Bowl you know, nominations and, and stuff like that, too. So we'll see what happens. they got to win because to the victors go the spoils. And, and Tampa Bay uh, has a chance to, to really – I think this could be a franchise-changing game for both the Buccaneers and the Saints – if Tampa Bay ends up winning, and I'll tell you what, if you go back and look, Matt, the Saints actually play the Buccaneers better here in Tampa yeah. than they do in New Orleans. And look no further than last year, the last time they were uh, coming to Raymond James Stadium. Maybe Tampa Bay is being too hospitable of a host. I don't know. 
but it took a come-from-behind 17-16 win to beat the Saints, where earlier that season they had beat them in New Orleans 20-10, to quite handily in the fourth quarter, with all those interceptions and the pick six and all that. Then this year, they go down there and just, you know, slap them around 26 to nine before the bye week. So it's going to be interesting to see. And we saw a great performance from Anton Winfield Jr. in that game and pretty much every week. But the Saints didn't get the full gambit of Yaya Diaby, right? Where he was just a rotational player in his, what, fourth game of of his NFL career. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a much different Yaya Diaby on Sunday. And this guy is is kicking ass and taking names right now. Oh, he absolutely is. And I, I think that's what makes this second matchup so interesting when you look at like the Bucks defense against the uh the Saints offense. Cause yeah. game plan wise, defensively wise, yeah. I mean, Anton Winfield Jr., you don't have to change much, just you you hope he continues to play at an all pro level. Right. Uh, but you look at that pass rush that is has been hit and miss at times and it, it was great last week, but it also helps when you're up 30 to nothing and you know that they, uh, yes. they have to throw the football. But I kind of look at Derek Carr and, like, what type of Derek Carr performance are we going to see? Because that first yeah. matchup against the Bucks, he was very, very banged up. I mean, there was a good portion of that week we all thought that Jameis Winston That's was right. going to be lining up against, um, against his old team. And this time around, I mean, Carr's going to play, but – you could almost make the case that he is worse now when he's healthier than he was when he was playing with broken ribs and all yeah. the other injuries he was dealing with the last time that um, the Saints played against the Buccaneers. So you add that element of Yaya Diaby constantly, hopefully constantly being in the face of Derek Carr when Carr's already struggling and it seems like at times he only has one big-time target, and, that, and that's Chris Olave, who... Right. Uh, has been fantastic this year. And even last game, as much as the Saints struggled, and they struggled a ton on offense in their Thursday night loss to the Rams last week, uh, Olave was the only guy that really popped off for the team. So, yeah. yeah. And if if you remember back in in week four, Olave was targeted six times, had one catch for four yards. The Buccaneers absolutely clamped him down. That was a big reason why the Saints were held out of the end zone, only had nine points on the board. And it's going to take a, you know, the, the pass rush again from Tampa Bay, getting home, making life uncomfortable for Derek Carr. I don't think he handles pressure very well at all. Uh, but when you, you know, here's Vita Bay sacking Taysom Hill, right? So uh, even when they put the gimmick quarterback in there, he was uh, under fired, under duress back there in week four. And I, I think that the biggest thing is, and we'll go over the injury report, which just came out, that that'll certainly play a, a factor into this game. Um, let's let's do that now since we're talking about uh, some of these these players. Shaq Barrett had a groin injury, uh, su- suffered that in the, the end of, of the game on Sunday against the Jaguars, did not participate today. Groin injuries, as we've seen, Matt, typically when someone shows up on the, on the groin uh, with a groin injury on the injury report, that means they're probably going to miss at least a game. Mm-hmm. Throw in the fact that Shaq Barrett's 31, <laughs> probably – Leans towards him not playing this week. We'll see how he how he fares tomorrow. Carlton Davis in the concussion protocol. We talked about that. Uh, probably going to be yet another start for Zion McCollum, who uh, on Sunday uh, passed both Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean in terms of snaps 
this year at the cornerback position. So even though Carlton Davis is a starter and Jamel Dean's a starter, you add up all of the missed starts. And Zion McCollum started eight games this year. He actually has eight, or I should say uh, uh, certainly more starts or snaps than Jamel Dean and slightly more than Carlton Davis at this point in time. So Zion McCollum has played more cornerback than either one of those two guys that are multimillionaires. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to say, but it looks like Zion's going to get another start this week, uh, probably in place of Carlton Davis. Um, and Mike Green and Rakeem Jarrett, both of those guys are in that 21-day window. It opened today for Mike Green to come off injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Rakeem Jarrett's been practicing. Both of those guys were full participants, by the way. Co'Keefe uh, did not participate with a shoulder injury. So that's it for the Buccaneers. When you look at the, the Saints, there's a couple of players that did not participate. Ryan Ramchick, the right tackle, been dealing with a knee injury. He was out. Lonnie Johnson and Jordan Howden, both of those are safeties. Johnson uh, did not participate with the knee. Howden was out. He's the rookie with an illness. These other players are limited. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end, quadricep. J- Jimmy Graham, the tight end, w- had a rest day, a veteran day, because he's like old, 34 years old. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Jordan, defensive end, ankle injury limited, as well as Eric McCoy, who is really their best offensive lineman. He's their center. He's got a foot injury. And then Peyton Turner, who is in that 21-day window uh, with a toe injury coming off of injury reserve. He was limited. And uh, Ken uh, Kendra Miller, the running back, the rookie at a TCU, limited with an ankle. And Chris Olave, the receiver, limited with an ankle as well. So Saints have a little bit more guys that are banged up. And we'll see who ends up playing for New Orleans. But we do know, I guess, according to Dennis Allen, he said that Marshawn Lattimore is out for round two this year of the Mike Evans, um, uh, Marshawn Lattimore uh, yeah. slugfest. And then, of course, Michael Thomas, slant boy, is also not going to play either. Yeah, unfortunate. I mean, p- part of the, the the subplots of these Bucks saints games are the the blood feuds between uh, Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore and yeah. Carlton Davis and Michael Thomas. And unfortunately for the beef between Evans and Lattimore, um, we haven't seen it a ton. I mean, we saw it like obviously the big fight last yeah. year, um, but it's always of, in New Orleans. It's never in Tampa. It's always in New Orleans. <laughs> and then something happened in the next game against Tampa. I think either Lattimore didn't play. And then this season, Mike got hurt at halftime or right before yeah. halftime in the second right. quarter. So we didn't get to see the full-blown rivalry. And Mike Evans was playing really well in that yes. game up until um, his injury, and, and the Bucks were able to uh, to come through. So we are missing out on that a little bit. We'll miss out on Carlton versus Michael Thomas. And Carlton yeah. might not even play in this game because he's still in concussion protocol. Right. It's funny because I, I was thinking today while I was at practice, because the biggest thing was Carlton and him being concussion protocol yeah. and um, – you know, Shaq was something we were going to keep an eye on, but it was a walkthrough. So you see Shaq outside, you're like, how much is he really doing? Right. Yeah. And I did think of myself to myself, if if there were two injuries on the defensive side of the football that the Bucs could kind of like get away with or mm-hmm. be most prepared for their replacement to come in, it's at corner, yeah. column, who's essentially a starter at this point. I mean, That's right. Behind, like, <laughs> and Carl Davis have missed. I'm not knocking yeah. them for their injuries because injuries happen. Right. But with the amount of time that they've missed, Zion McCollum's a starter. As you said, he's played more snaps than the other guys. So, I mean, this is nothing new. Nothing needs to change in the game plan with Zion McCollum. That's right. And with the emergence of Yaya, Diaby, 
He's already been in there as a starter. We'll see if it's JTS or if it's Anthony Nelson lining up mm-hmm. on the other side. If Shaq Barrett can't go, it's only Wednesday. Right. Um, so we'll see. But yeah. part of me, I, I don't want Shaq to be out for a long time, but part of me right. wants a little bit of a taste of what the starting outside linebackers could look like next season if it's yeah. Gaia and it's either Anthony Nelson or mm-hmm. maybe they draft someone in the first round that takes right. over an outside linebacker. But I want a little bit of a taste of that because Anthony Nelson at times, like he really shows up and you're like, wow, yeah. like Anthony Nelson, great job. Right. Oh, led the team, led the outside linebackers and sacks last season. So he's fully capable. I mean, remember him and Joe Tryanchenko played all the snaps at outside linebacker down the street. Right. There was a number of injuries last Three year. straight games yeah, where that then, was the case. Yeah. Cam Gill will, will be called up like he was last yeah. week. Maybe Marquise Watts, who was inactive, right? Or, so. or Marquise Watts, which again would be kind of fun to see. So yeah. I, I feel for Shaq. Absolutely. I don't, I'm not necessarily discouraged about seeing Yaya Diaby and yeah. Anthony Nelson slash. And you know what? I mean, listen, we're going to call like we see it. And we're, you know, if, if a player screws up, we're going to get on their case. And if they rebound and have a great game, we're going to sing their praises. And listen, folks, Devin White, that was the best performance Devin White yep. has had all season long. And it's up there with his week one performance against the Vikings, which was phenomenal. And the thing with Devin is he got benched. And sometimes people look at benching as a negative. It can be a, it can be a positive if the player responds the right way. And I think Devin White responded the right way to sitting out. It was kind of a mutual thing, right? I mean, Todd Bull said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rotate you or I'm gonna start KJ Britt and you're gonna come in. However it was said and discussed, it didn't sit well with Devin. He was gonna have to sh- share time up there in Green Bay. So he chose to sit out and, and that, and then that kind of, you know, probably boiled up inside of him and he had his best game of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and to the Buccaneers, yeah. um, you know, credit, they, you know, kept feeding him the ball. I mean, I think what, what did KJ Britt play like four snaps? He started yeah, and then Devin started. White came in and, <laughs> and, and yeah, and you know, took over like 95% of the snaps. Yeah, and, and Todd Bowles kind of said today, he alluded to that they had such a huge lead and it kind of yeah. made for more situations where Devin was going to play. Uh, but I, I'll play the video in, in just a moment. But he did yeah. say something at the end where, yes, he praised Devin like he typically does, but he also made it clear that Devin isn't completely off the hook just because he played one right. game because – He's still oh, yeah. they're going to get KJ Britt involved. It just we'll see how much. Um, sure. Some guys that were nicked up coming out of that last game, like Shaq or anybody. Uh, Shaq has a groin. He's in practice. Carlton's in the protocol, and Coquif has a shoulder in practice. Fully and and how how impactful can a Devin White that's playing at the level that he that he's capable of help your defense? I can help us a great deal. You saw that on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we got up early, so some of the packages they would have had where KJ got more time didn't materialize, so it ended up being that type of ball game. That doesn't mean we're through using KJ because we are going to use him some. But a healthy Devin, uh, fast Devin, Devin flying around like he did Sunday makes us a faster defense. Yeah, for sure. And the point I was going to make is, as it pertains to Joe Tron Schwenka, right, maybe – this opportunity, if he comes in as a starter opposite Yaya Diaby, maybe we see a better, more inspired version of JTS, right? If he has to play for yeah. Shaq Barrett and get more reps that way. So sometimes the benchings, 
it seems negative at the time. It can actually work wonders. Look what it did for, for Luke Gedeke last year when he was finally sat down and then showed back up in, as a right tackle in Week 18 against the Falcons, which would be his position, uh, of course, this year. But then he went back to left guard last year in the playoff game and played his best game ever at left guard after sitting down. And sometimes the players just need to hit that reset button, right? And I think that that was the case for Devin. And, and we'll see how Devin and the Buccaneers handle the, the reps and the snaps as uh, as the last two weeks unf unfurl here. Yeah, and I think athletes kind of forget at times. Like, yes, like if you have a gigantic contract, you're going to get the first opportunity to play. But right. you're getting paid to essentially do what you're told from the coaches. So yeah. just because, oh, I'm a team captain doesn't mean you're going to play. And I think Devin kind of forgot about that a little bit when That's right. uh, when he had to take a back seat for a bit. As Nathan Elliott says, humble pie. Yeah, I think it is very humbling for anyone really to get benched, but it is a business. They are trying to win games. And if they win without you, they're, they're going to keep doing that. And uh, But that's the thing with Devin for me is – Will this continue? Like, yeah. is it just a – was the fire lit for one game? Right. And then he went out and, oh, all right, well, I performed well, so now the heat's going to be off of me for, like, yeah. two more weeks until I have to <laughs> ramp it up again. Because if that's the case and, and that's the mindset, and I'm not saying that's the mindset, but yeah. if it is, that hurts the Bucs. That, that, You're right. That doesn't help. You're um, right. But if he can bring that every single week, I wish he would have started from week one because then we would have said, hey, Devin White should yeah. be back here next season. But he that's hasn't right. brought it – consistently so all eyes are going to be on Devin once again it's just a matter of can he uh can he put it together yeah and uh he is the the featured guy that uh we're gonna have some conversation about tomorrow because he is a Louisiana native plays pretty well against the Saints typically yeah. right uh against Alvin Kamara and all that so uh, we will see can Tampa Bay win will the Bucks clinch the division title that is tomorrow's podcast topic and we'll get even more into the bucks and saints and the ramifications where it could mean one of these head coaches todd bowles or dennis allen you know they end up getting fired at the end of the season if they don't win this game i mean it's as feel good as it is right now for todd bowles and the buccaneers they've won four games but they have not clinched anything yet right so this team could finish eight and nine again that's that's the floor the ceiling would be ten and seven. And of course, that's what everyone's hoping for and and, uh, and, and shooting for. But um, they have to go through the New Orleans Saints first. And that happens Sunday at uh, one o'clock at Ram James Stadium. So that's tomorrow's show. And make sure, speaking of Bucks and Saints, that you are tuning into uh, Matty Diamonds, as we yeah. call him, uh, Matt Matera with Pewter Game Day live pregame show at noon, followed by live in game analysis at one o'clock Bucks versus Saints on Sunday. The regular season home finale for the Buccaneers, who will end the season on the road once again at a division rival, this time against the Carolina Panthers, who I think are going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday in Jacksonville without Trevor Lawrence playing. Yeah, you're uh, speaking it into existence, but it's going to be a very fun time. Always a great time during the Peter Game Day show. We'll get ready for the new year, uh, hopefully with a, uh, with a Buccaneers victory. And I'm also kind of glad the game's at 1 o'clock versus 4 o'clock. Yes. So uh, that'll be exactly. nice. Everyone can celebrate the new year as well with hopefully the Bucks clinching uh, the division. So, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in for that. And in the meantime, we have a super chat from Timmy Changa. Thank you, Timmy Changa, for the 499 super chat. who says, 
I know everyone loves the Yaya Diaby and Bodega, but I personally need more old man impressions from Scott. It's uh, well, it's not hard anymore because I'm 51 years old and uh, you feel it every morning you wake up and it's like, Matt, you're you're about 20 years away. This is a, a what do you call it? A spoiler alert right here. <laughs> this is like a coming attractions, sneak preview, if you will, where you go to bed and it's a nice, comfortable pillow and you got a nice, comfortable bed and you wonder which goblins come in and beat the crap out of you at night because you wake up and you're your legs hurt, your back hurts, and you're like, what the hell? Who came in and beat the hell out of me in the night? <laughs> so it's, yeah, if, if you're my age or older, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you go to bed feeling okay, and you wake up, and you're like, wow, I slept for seven hours, and that was sleeping pretty good. But, man, like, who came in, who broke into my house and threw me a beating last night? Yeah. <laughs> so old man well, problems. But um, Changa, I think you got your uh, here you your go. money's worth with that uh, yep. first nation. We got another super chat from Aaron. Thanks for the four ninety nine super chat, Aaron, uh, who says, I said when he was drafted, Diaby reminded me of a young, faster JPP. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before, that mm -hmm. we were hoping that Yaya would bring the – attitude or as scott likes to say the fire and brimstone to yeah. this uh to this bucks pass rush and you know yaya's so young in his career I, I don't think it's fair to be like oh this is yaya's personality just yet because he's right. still new yaya is very like he's smiling all the time which is great and uh very excited just to be in the nfl i don't think we've yaya's not gonna go in there and be like you shaq barrett i'm holding you accountable because you know he's a rookie it wouldn't make sense for him to do that um but I I think we're both in agreement because we have talked about it before that Yaya could be a future JPP just with his uh, overall demeanor and determination. I think, you know, his kind of his background too, where uh, and Traeger was talking about this on Good Morning Football, where, you know, he was working at the Atlanta airport, pushing people in wheelchairs while he tried to uh, kind of get back onto the playing field because he had to do some stuff with school. And he went to a Georgia military school, so discipline and regimen is obviously very important. And yeah. I think those are things that were obviously important to JPP. He obviously had his own adversity to, to deal with. Yeah, with both sure. his, his father being blind, and then obviously when uh, the whole 4th of July incident happened. So yeah. um, not direct comparisons, but similarities that I think you can build from for, for Yaya. And, hey, if you have the career of JPP – I mean, I don't think yeah. he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, but that's a heck of a career to have nonetheless. No doubt. I'll say this, too. The thing that I like about both Kalijah Kansi and, and Yaya Diaby, the fact that these guys are serious. They're all ball. These guys, uh, you know, they, they don't really clown around a little bit. I mean, they, they kind of come in. They want to get better. They're, they're joined at the hip. That's that's one thing that's kind of you know great when you see a rookie class all kind of come in together. These guys bond. They do a lot of rookie activities together for charity and things like that. You start at the rookie mini camp, right? And so you kind of have that instant bond with guys that you enter the building with. And uh, you know the the one thing I kind of go back to is is Matt. You were really high on on Diaby at the Senior Bowl, right? And we we were we all kind of were like, yeah, like this guy's really flashing, and he's an edge rusher, but they're playing him inside. And, and, of course, that's where he got one of his sacks on Sunday against the Jaguars because he has that, yeah. that position versatility, right? But I remember I interviewed him at the Combine, and, uh, you know, and, and I 
you know, we had him as a Bucks best bet. We we figured he was going to be one of those guys that the Tampa Bay was going to be keen on. And and if you follow us in the draft, you know we hit on a lot of Bucks best bets. We do our homework, folks. Yeah. And and um, I remember talking to him at the podium, and we were asking him, you know, a common question right at at the combine, whether it's from us or somebody else's. Well, how fast do you think you're going to run? What, what do you think your 40 time is going to be? Because that's really what it is. It's the underwear Olympics. And he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to shock everybody tomorrow. I'm going to, man, I, like, like, I can't wait to run. Like, uh, it's, I can't wait to show you all how fast I am. And I'm going to shock everybody. And you're kind of thinking, okay, well, like, what is this guy? Four, six, five, you know, maybe, maybe four, six, three. No, he ran like a four, five, one, man. He blew the doors off the barn at, uh, you know, at, at six, three, 263 pounds. I mean, he is hell on wheels, and and um, I think the play style is there from him. The seriousness is there from him that, that is JPP-esque. The long arms, the frame looks similar, but JPP had that kind of badass mentality, and sometimes you have to grow into that, and, and I think Yaya kind of has that in there. He's kind of like this, aw shucks, you know, nice guy right now, but I've seen a lot of rookies kind of come in the door that way. They're a little awestruck. It's the NFL. They're trying to feel their way around. You know, not everyone's one sap when they walk in the door, a surly SOB ready to kick ass and take names. Uh, sap had his own personality he brought from yeah. Miami. <laughs> but sometimes these guys grow into that. And I think yeah. J JPP, you know, he gives a lot of credit to Matthias Kiwanuka, mm -hmm. you know, to uh, who's the other guy up there? Um, OCU Manura. OCU probably. Manura. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Justin Tuck, those are the guys he kind of grew up yeah. with up there with the Giants that really showed him the way. And uh, and so we'll, we'll, we'll see who Yaya Diaby turns into. But, man, hell of a start so far for this guy. And what's cool to see is um, he's getting it right done right now just with his speed, as you mentioned, his power yeah. and his strength. Like, I would say Kalijah Kansi is a little further ahead in terms of uh, developed pass rushing moves. I yes. think Kansi has a really good swim move. Yeah. Um, so once Yaya can start getting those extra pass rushing moves down, yeah. he's already getting the production. And we've kind of said this about JTS. Like, man, physically he's got everything. He starts putting the other stuff together. And that's still true. And, and the, the the saying goes for Yaya as well. But Yaya already has the established production, as we yeah. talked about, with six and a half sacks. So once those other things start coming into play, that'll be uh, important as well. As uh, Meets McGee with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Meats says. Uh, do you, did you see Mike up with Cansey where he was teaching? Yeah, yeah. Pass rushing technique during the Green Bay game. <laughs> yeah, bright future. Uh, I actually did not see that video, but that is. I didn't uh, see it, but I heard about it. And 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 th those guys are always talking. They're always talking yeah. shop. They're always talking football. So I'm not surprised that that uh, I've got, I'll have to go back and look for that one. But yeah. uh, I'm not surprised because that's 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 what they're all about. Let me tell you though. The only thing that I think is scarier than like Yaya Diaby coming at you is Yaya Diaby coming at you after he just drank a Celsius energy drink, which yep. of course is the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Check out all their great flavors, including the Cosmic Vibe. The Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite, but there's so many awesome flavors. The Peach Vibe, the Sparkling Watermelon, Sparkling Orange, Fuji Apple Pear, the Cola, the Lemon Lime, the Sparkling Wildberry. Um, strawberry lemonade is one of my personal favorites. So, um, check out all the great flavors that Celsius has, including that Oasis vibe. Um, there's no 
sugar or post energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with a uh, with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, head on over to uh, the Celsius website, go to their store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you could pick one up. It could be at a local Walmart, 7-Eleven, Target, health and fitness store. Or if you're lucky enough, maybe you're at the right place at the right time, you run in to Yaya Diaby at a bodega. bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you're like, wow, it was fun running into y- into you, Yaya Diaby, but uh, I need to get my Celsius in bulk. Well, you can do that, and I'd recommend getting the variety pack. You just uh, head on over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're in charge. You're the captain. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly, up to you. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Game Day show that's coming up. So make Celsius your number one pick. We had a uh, big-time Super Chat yeah. too. Thank you to Dante Mason for the 1999 Super Appreciate Chat it. who says – Hey, guys, SR, my condolences, bro. Keep your head up. Thank how you. much do you think Tampa will offer Mike Evans? And how about that yaya balling? Yeah. Um, I, I still maintain that the Buccaneers are going to let the market decide. I, I think that, that they're not opposed to paying Mike uh, whatever he's worth. And I think that you go out and find what you're worth in free agency. And, and again, Tampa Bay has a little bit of an advantage because th- this is a, a state with no income tax. There's yep. a couple out there, right? I think Las Vegas is one, right? The Raiders, um, you know, out there in Nevada, Tennessee is also a no state income tax state. So uh, what that does is if let's say the Chicago bears who are flush with, with salary cap space, if they offer Mike, call it $25 million per year, maybe if you factor in the taxes, uh, if the bucks were to say, we'll pay you 23 million, it's actually even money because yeah. you're not having to pay the taxes up there in, in Illinois, which are quite high. So um, we'll see what that number ends up being. And, and I think that sometimes gets lost on people. It's like, Oh wow. The bucks gave Mike a, a big, huge hometown, uh, hometown discount. Right. And he took it, but it's really, it's the same money. So I think it's good. It's going to be North of 20 million for sure. Yeah. And he's earned it. And and if I'm Tampa Bay, I feel pretty good about paying that guy because he has come through. He and Antoine Winfield Jr. Man, if if you are if your if your uh, contract year is coming up, these guys have demonstrated to you how to put on that clinic and what it's supposed to look like because these guys are going out there and earning cash next year each week this year. So hats off to Mike for a fantastic season. And you know what, Matt? I think he's going to set. A new record. I got to think he's going to score yeah. two more touchdowns here in the next couple games, and and probably reach fifteen touchdowns at least, which would beat his record of fourteen that he said in twenty twenty one. And remember, he's doing this with Baker Mayfield. He ain't doing this with Tom Brady. He's right. not doing this with Jameis, who he played for for a majority of years. Yeah. And, uh, we've talked about this before, and, and I was thinking about it again the other day. Again, if you just look at the timeline of all the quarterbacks that. Mike Evans has played with, including college. He's played with three Heisman Trophy winners yeah. between Johnny Football, Jameis, mm-hmm. and now Baker Mayfield. That's a great point, the, He played with <laughs> the greatest quarterback of all time, yeah. Tom Brady, and one of the most beloved quarterbacks of all time with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So 
the the history of quarterbacks, and that's that's no disrespect to Josh McCown and right. Mike Lennon, some of the other quarterbacks he's played with, Blaine Gabbard, of course, who he's caught a touchdown pass from. Yeah. Um, it, it is very cool just seeing that type of timeline. I don't think Mike will get the Cooper Cup money, unfortunately, right. because of his age, but yeah. he is showing that he's an ageless wonder. The way that he's yeah. playing, I mean, he could build up a bidding war if he really wanted to, because this could be a lot of yeah. teams. The Jets included that are going to want a guy like Mike Evans this offseason. Yeah, I think so. And and I think there's going to be some teams that are probably going to be a little hesitant just because of the age. He will be 31 yeah. next August. So before he suits up again for the Bucks or anybody else, he's going to be 31. Typically, your body breaks down the older you get. And at some point in time, receivers slow down. And, you know, Mike is still a guy that can get downfield. Look at his, his average. It's around, what, 16 yards per catch, uh, which yeah. is phenomenal for somebody who's 30 years old as a receiver, playing 10 straight years and, and really battling through injuries and not missing many games. Uh, but there might be some teams out there that, that don't want to invest that type of money into an aging player because if you sign into a three- or four-year deal, you might get one good year and then the hamstring injuries flare up or the knee, whatever, whatever, you know, and I think Tampa Bay is willing to take that chance because they know the person as well as the player. Other teams, the age might be a detriment. It, it very much could be. Um, but it, I also think Mike does not get enough credit for uh, his route running ability. Like when he does get the one-on-ones, he beats yeah. it a lot. And now he does still have the speed. The tricky thing is, is like when that speed starts to diminish, it drops quickly and yeah. there's not really a way to like fully predict yeah. when it's going to happen. Right. So it is a, you, bit of a, a risk for sure. Yeah. And you're not going to get it back either. Once you lose your step yeah. in your thirties, it's gone. It's not coming back. Yeah. And you're kind of seeing it now with, you know, with Shaq Barrett to a degree yeah. and, and things of like that. For example, the, the sack from Yaya on the inside, Shaq was right there too. Yeah, I was just a little bit quicker that's right. because he's he's younger, and that's how society works. Yep. Loudmouth Cam Jordan has only two sacks this season. That's right. Let's talk a little little bit of uh, of Bucks and Saints here. So Cam Jordan's been a thorn in the Bucks side for a long time. He's been a buck killer, but two sacks this year. The age has really started to hit him. He's just not as explosive yeah. as he was. Eight and a half sacks last year. Matt, he had 12 and a half the season before that. Made life miserable a couple times for Tom Brady, yeah. especially that 38-3 to drubbing that happened here at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday night. So uh, he's not the guy that, that he was. And if we remember, we saw Luke Gedeke handle him pretty handily in, in week Ripped four. Shreds, and Luke Gedeke was dealing yeah. with an injury that game, too. I believe yeah. he twisted his knee or something that he was telling us yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. And so um, really the guy that is is – more dangerous in terms of, of rushing the passer is Carl Granderson, a guy I liked coming out of Wyoming a couple years ago. He's had to wait his turn as a rotational player. And Trey Hendrickson, you know, was that kind of flashy sack master uh, yeah. that was a bookend with, with Cam Jordan. Then he went on to the Bengals. Then it He's was Mark. He's like second in the league. In oh, yeah. Now, yeah. So I, I love him coming out of FAU. He was a hell, hell of a pass rusher. And he's developed into a really good all-around player, too. Yes. Yeah. But then Marcus Davenport, kind of that first round bust, you know, just didn't really live up to the potential that the, the Saints were hoping for that he would be a double digit sacker. Isaiah Foskey hasn't been the answer. He's a rookie yeah, this year. I thought he was overrated at the senior bowl, too. Me, too. So remember, yeah. they made him like uh, 
so the way the senior rule works for for some people there's a that may not know it's it's an introductory press conference first and they usually bring like two other people that star are players yeah that yeah star players and he was one of them and uh, I forgot what it might have been Darnell Wright, but there's an offensive tackle that absolutely flattened him. Uh, yeah, it was Darnell Wright. You're right. Yeah, it was Darnell Wright. And uh, anyway, overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 so Davenport went. You know, he moved on, and now it's Grandison's turn, and he's got eight and a half sacks. And I think he's a better player. And remember, too, they had a first round pick that's also been a bust, and Peyton Turner yeah. from Houston, who played with Logan Hall there. And he hasn't done squat. He's just coming off injured reserve. Only played in one game this year. So uh, their defensive line really took some hits in the offseason. Granderson has stepped up, but age is catching up with with Cameron Jordan. They lost David Anyamata to Atlanta. Um, Nathan Shepard has not really stepped up and been the guy. Brian Brisey, the Clemson first-round pick this year, defensive tackle. He's he's had a couple of flashes here and there. It's hard to come in, as Kalaja Kansi would tell you, hard to come in. As a rookie defensive tackle, make an impact, even if you're a first-round pick. Ask Logan Hall, who's the same boat. But they're just not as solid up front. And I think, remember, the Buccaneers ran the ball pretty well in week four against that defensive front, too. That's exactly what I was going to transition to, is the Bucs in that game, I believe, had 133 rushing yards. And that was when their run game was to be quite honest, was terrible at yes. the time. And so, yeah, we can talk all we want about the Saints' pass rush, but their run-stopping defense, I mean, it was bad then. Um, it was 114 yards, excuse me, 114 yards that they allowed. But even in recent weeks, it, it's been bad as well. You go back to um, November 26th against the Falcons, yeah. 228 rushing yards, then 142 against Detroit. 204 against Carolina. They bounced back against the Giants, only allowing 60. But again, that was in New Orleans, so a little right. bit of the home field advantage. Then they allowed 133 to um, to the Rams on that Thursday night game. So, I mean, we talked about uh, on yesterday's show if Rashad White can get to a thousand yards, he might get it. <laughs> he might get it in this game alone. The way yeah. the Saints are are defending the run, and as we've learned, as we've seen from this Bucks offense, when they are clicking. If they're able to run the football, they can essentially do whatever they want to do in this offense. They may not even have to run the ball a ton if, if they feel that they can get it done through the passing game with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But just knowing that they have the run game yeah. uh, at their at their own use, to their own favor, um, you know, I think that's going to be the one of the biggest things that fans should really key in on for this game. And we saw in that game back in week four, Matt, what the running game does for the passing game, right? Yeah. And, and and you mentioned earlier in the show, remember, Mike Evans was off to a hot start against Lattimore. Four right. catches, I think 40 yards or you know, 48 yards, whatever it was. Then he gets hurt and, and leaves. Then you had Trey Palmer catch a touchdown. Kate Auden caught a touchdown. Uh, there were three red zone touchdown passes by Baker Mayfield in that game. And three touchdowns, right? So it, it opened up the passing game with those linebackers and they have two good ones. Demario Davis still getting, you know, the job done at age 54. <laughs> it seems <laughs> uh, this guy doesn't slow down, man. He's, he's still kicking, butt. 108 tackles, six and a half sacks. He's better, better downfield at this stage of his career. than he is dropping back in coverage. Doesn't have any picks this year. He's got four pass breakups, but uh, he's still, a solid, formidable 
big, thick, run-stuffing linebacker at this stage of the game. And Pete Warner is is probably better in coverage at this stage of the game than Demario Davis. He's second on the team with 80 tackles. He's got half a sack. He's got uh, a pass breakup and an interception, two fumble recoveries. So it's a nice one-two punch inside there for the, the linebackers. But having that running game, Matt, it opens up the passing game. And we saw that as early as week four. Because remember, that was kind of the, the most decisive victory that the Bucks had at that time, 26-9. to And that's when the offense was, was really feeding off that running game, using play action. Yep. And Baker Mayfield was was having uh, you know his way with the Saints in New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely was. And that's going to make this game super, super fun to make some picks over on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, make sure you use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, when you were signing up over at um, Underdog Fantasy. You got to make at least two picks. You can make anywhere from two to five. You make those five picks. You can win up to 20 times your money when playing in the pick'em. You got to pick at least one player from each team. So if you're if you're gonna do Bucks Saints, you could do four Bucks players, but you have to pick at least one Saints player. I mean, you can still pick in favor of the Bucks. Maybe you want to do under on the passing yards of Derek Carr or whatever it may be. But it's a super, super fun app to play with, um, especially if you're watching another game where maybe you don't care as much, for example, on Christmas, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a very exciting player, but maybe you don't care as much about Chiefs Raiders. You start making some picks on Underdog Fantasy, and the game gets that much more fun. So uh, sign up with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus. You can do it for football. You can do it for all the major sports with uh, basketball and hockey and baseball when it returns. You can get some golf going as well and uh, a lot of great different things to use over at Underdog Fantasy. So uh, one more time, use that promo code Pewter over at Underdog Fantasy. Yep. Joel says, what up, PR? Always catch the live show when I can, but I never miss a show. We appreciate that. Uh, folks, thanks to you, Pewter people, we are closing in on 13,000 subscribers yes. on Pewter Report TV. We're, we're actually, we're bumping 12,800 right now. And our goal by the end of this season, which means you're probably going to get an extra week to help us out with the playoff mm-hmm. uh, game, uh, should the Buccaneers win the division, and and get that uh, that home playoff game assured as a division champion, but we would love to get to thirteen thousand by the end of the season. So help us out. If yes, you're watching the show live or the the archived podcast version, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. It's free. There's no no there's no cost to it. Yeah, hit the, hit the button. Also click notifications too, because whenever we post some videos or we go live, you're going to get notified about that uh, on your phone or, or your laptop and. Make sure that you leave a comment. When you leave a comment or you hit the, the thumbs up button, the like button, that helps our algorithm, helps us get in front of more awesome pewter people like you guys, and that helps us grow our audience. So it's this is your show. We do it for you. Help us find more pewter people by, by giving us the thumbs up, the likes, as well as comments. We'd love to read it after the show. Yes. By the way, I do want to give a shout out to someone that commented on the show yesterday. Because I get it, not everyone can watch a show at the time. Yeah. Um, someone had said, yeah, shout out to Lance Matthias255, who commented on yesterday's show and said, so my awesome wife got me the best Christmas gift ever, tickets to the Saints game this weekend. So there you go. that's awesome. Shout out to you. Yeah. Congrats on uh, 
the great Christmas gift from your wife and being able to go to the game. So want to yeah. give a shout out to someone that commented because we get it. We love everybody in the comments, including the super chatters, but not everybody yeah. can watch us right at four o'clock. But we want to uh, show some love to everyone else that that commented. And as Scott said, it it helps grow our audience over at um, that's right at Peter Report and Peter Report TV. So if Mike Evans has thirteen touchdowns. We should be getting to 13,000 subscribers. Uh, anyway. That's right. As Kelly Buck said, Mike Evans, yeah. number 13K. So yeah. let's 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 do it and make that happen. Yeah. So uh, thank you to Kathy Gillespie for the $5 Super Chat. Who said, Pat Kerwin brought up the connection between Baker and Evans, said it's special. Yeah. I mean, it's a group that they care about each other a lot. And I think you noticed it, too, with, you know, last game, the, the group celebrations. We haven't seen that a ton yeah. with the Bucks. I'm not saying they have to be like the Dolphins and – Everyone do a song and dance and right. power race and all that stuff. But it's fun when they're all doing it together. And again, just that chemistry rubbing off on everybody. And uh, thanks to Scotty J for this 999 super chat. It says Baker ain't a war on money. You don't know him. He wants to win pirate style. Uh, he is a guy that wants to spend as the booty sixth grade kid. Get the kids together. Sandlot style. He is all team bucks. Yeah, Yeah. Baker's definitely old school in that sense where, like, sure, he wants money so he can have a living with his wife and his baby that's on the way and his dog. But, yeah, I don't think he needs, like, top billing, top, uh, you know, overall structure or whatever. He just just wants to ball. That's what he's doing. He loves the game. He's one of those guys that um, he's not going to turn down the paycheck every Friday, but if – you know, if he had to play this game, which is a kid's game for free, you know, there's there's some guys out there that that ultimately would, right? Not in this setting where he's gonna, you know, take uh, bodily uh, uh, injury uh, chances. But you know, guys like Warren Sapp, they just they just love the game of football, right? I mean, you go through the Hall of Fame is littered with those guys. You're not going to be a Hall of Famer. You're not going to be considered one of the greats if you don't love the game because it takes longevity, right? And I don't think Baker Mayfield's destined for Canton or anything like that, but I mean, this guy loves the game of football and, uh, and you can just tell by the way he practices during OTAs and how he ingratiates himself with the entire team when he came here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Scotty J he's, he definitely loves the game and that type of attitude is infectious. Scotty J with another super chat of the dollar 99. Yeah. That's... He says, Baker equals far same little kid on the field, yep. in my opinion, in my honest opinion. Funny enough, before totally the game, Baker did say that Brett Favre was uh, his favorite quarterback. So, um, yeah, plays like him a little bit on the field. Hopefully, he doesn't act like him off the field. So, right, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, we got two. Yeah, Jeff the Champ saying hit that like button. Please do. Please like, subscribe, comment, all of that fun stuff. We got two super chats from Eric Moreno asking uh, the similar thing. So, thank you, Eric. Uh, who's asking, chances Shaq Barrett and Carlton Davis play this week? Uh, I mean, concussion protocol, always a a, a tricky one. I I think we saw it last week with Trevor Lawrence, where even Ian Rappaport was saying he wasn't going to play, and then, lo and behold, he was good to go for that game. So, Carlton, it's very much going to be wait and see. We didn't see him out at all during yesterday's practice. Sometimes players in concussion protocol, you see – them uh, working out on a separate field or they'll be wearing a black non-contact jersey. Uh, but that was not the case with Carlton. We'll know more tomorrow when the Bucks will be padded and right. uh, and practicing. So 
I would give Shaq the better chance of playing, and Shaq was out there today. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends on, on how serious that groin pull is. If it's a tweak, it's different than if it's a pull, right? Because Levante David missed a couple games with a, a groin pull. So. Jack B with the five dollars super chat. Thank you, Jack. Who says? Do you think that it will be possible for the Bucks to re-sign all of their key free agents this offseason? Winfield, Evans, Baker, Levante, etc. Yeah, I think so. If if they want him back, and um, yeah, it's doable because they have they're going to have more cap room this year, yes. and and that's that's key. You have to, it starts there. How much how much cap room do you have? Right, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, so you know, and, and then you know, Richard uh, Taroka says, "SR, who would you franchise tag in this offseason? I think I think that kind of goes into that that um, super chat there. And I, I think Winfield might get the franchise tag. It depends on where you know, his number is, uh, if they want to do that long-term. Um, not saying they're going to use the franchise tag, but if I had to guess, probably would be used on Winfield. We'll see. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's, that's a good one. Because, I mean, they did it in the past where – I can't remember. They did they franchise tag Chris Godwin, and then they came up. They came yeah. with the deal to him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I can see it more in that sense than, yeah. than anything else. Yeah, it might be used as a placeholder for a long term extension. Yeah. Eugene Sutherland, who who um, you know came in and uh, uh, was was a, a a Saints fan on our our Monday show or a Tuesday show actually, Victory yeah. Tuesday yesterday. We appreciate that Saints fan here. Please do us a favor and beat us down enough to catch Mrs. Benson's attention. That might be what it takes to get DA, meaning Dennis Allen, fired. Appreciate that. We always uh, enjoy having enemy fans come in when they're, um, you know, civil and cordial and all of that. And because we get some great pewter people here. And, uh, you know, it's always it's always fun to see them mix it up in, in the chat. While we're doing the show, we're kind of keeping an eye on the comments and, and sometimes you'll have some rabble rousers come in and stir up some trouble, and and uh, our pewter people know know what to do with that. Uh, they they put on their their um, their bucks uh, defensive face and they start sacking away and picking them off and all of that stuff. So it's 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 fun to see. I do wonder because I I know there was a report that came out not too long ago that uh, like Arthur Smith's job is safe and blah blah blah. But I'm thinking, yeah, I'm assuming. Think so. Yeah, I'm assuming the Saints and the Falcons play each other next week because yeah. typically the last week of the season is all uh, d- divisional games across yeah. the league. And, yeah, I mean, we could be looking at a situation where the Saints play the Falcons, the loser of that game, that coach, is, that coach gets fired, or potentially yeah. uh, both coaches. They both. Uh, I, I, I think three out of the four NFC South coaches are going to get fired this year. I think the division winner is safe. I think the other ones are gone. And you're going to have unprecedented turnover here in the NFC South. And, you know, sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes uh, if you're a head coach and you get fired, you have to move. And sometimes um, that happens in real life too, which stinks. And sometimes you get promotions and you get raises and you want to move to a bigger, better home or you have a, uh, a promotion where you have to to travel. Well, if if that's the case and you're coming or going into the state of Florida, the one guy you're going to want on your side is Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group. That's right. The official realtor of Pewter Report. It takes a full team effort to win in football. It's the same way when it comes to real estate. Eric Gross and his Eric Gross Group company have done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market and have all the experience that you're going to want 
and need to get the transaction done. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader, a Tampa native. He knows the area like the back of his hand. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication skills, and the commitment to excellence that sets them apart. Their clients are not just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook or Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. Talk some Tampa Bay football. Have the conversation start there, and then uh, tell them what you're looking for in terms of of, uh, the the house or the home that you want to, to live in. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Make sure you visit housesandfla.com. As we wrap up the show, we got another super chat to get to. So thank you to Kathy Gillespie for this $10 super chat. He says, we have to mix it up with the Aints. Week four is a different animal than week 17. I traveled mm-hmm. to that game. Awesome win. Allen and company talks about learning from that game. Yeah, that's a great point. Awesome you were able to go to that game, Kathy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a little bit of the chess match of, hey, these teams have met before. What did this team do well? What did they not do well? That either has to change or they can exploit or try to exploit again. Yeah. What they try to fix. Uh, yeah, so I guess the good thing that you can say is while the Bucks were able to run the football well, uh, their passing game, even though it was great against the Saints in that one, their yeah. passing game is even better now. That's right. And presumably if you have Mike Evans for the whole game, that's uh, another wrinkle into all of this that, um, that again, you didn't have for the first game with Mike missing the second half. So you add that in, but then you also have to add in, and we talked about this yesterday, that yeah. the states are going to be desperate because their yeah. playoff chances are on the line. So it's a big concoction of learning from the last game, but also yeah. you know having a different look for, for this game as well. And yeah. uh, makes it that yeah. much more interesting. Devin White certainly had a different look last week. It uh, looked great at linebacker playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can he do it again uh, this week against the Saints? And will the Bucks clinch the division? That's going to be the title, or I should say the subject of tomorrow's show at 4 o'clock. Make sure that you tune in to the Peter Report podcast on Peter Report TV, our YouTube channel for that show, as well as Peter Game Day this Sunday, live pregame show at noon, followed by the live in-game analysis at 1 o'clock. Uh, Matt Matera and some Peter reporters will have all the info that you need before and during the game to make you the most informed Buccaneer fan around. Presented by Celsius, of course. That's right. Going to be a great time ringing in the new year with hopefully a Bucks win, but another fun and eventful uh, pure game day show. Uh, As we end today's show, in the meantime, make sure you follow us on all of our social media on X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We are at Peter Report, and then our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV, where we do the podcast, the game day show, uh, various other clips from uh, press conferences and everything else in between. A lot of great content on our YouTube channel. So that'll do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.